Amen. Haven't you enjoyed the music this morning? Those folks did a good job playing together and singing together on that first song. I heard that organ, and I thought of the days when I had hair. I did at one time. And I listened to Three Dog Night, and they used to sing a song called, I Can Hear Them Praying in the Heavy Church. That's what I thought of. Good, good music. I enjoyed it. You remember that song, Doug? You, I, do. you, you, I didn't I know if you'd that. be old enough to remember that or not. Oh, yeah. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. <clears throat> We're in the book of James, and uh, the book of James is not a fun book. If you've ever read through it, it's a very convicting little book. It's a short little book, but almost everything in it just pricks your heart with conviction because you see some area of your life, some place in your life when you're, where you're out of step with God. And uh, I can assure you as we walk through this passage this morning that your, the plumb line of God's Word will be dropped down beside your life and not only beside your life, but beside my life as well. James chapter 3 is where we are. We started out really slow, moving uh, just a couple of verses at a time, but now you can see we're taking big swaths, uh, and, and you'll see why as we look at this message today. By the way, my, the title of my message today is Believers at the Bar of Justice. And you might think that I have misrepresented James in some way by making it all about a trial. Well, it starts about talking about faith on trial, but you will notice that James uses a lot of courtroom terminology in what he has to say. As a matter of fact, the Bible does too. The New Testament, there's a lot of courtroom terminology. We don't like to think about that. We like to set that aside and say, God loves me, God cares about me, God wants what's best for me. We don't ever like to think about words like judgment. But we're going to look at one of those words today in the very first verse, James chapter 3, verse 1. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body as well. Now if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members, as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth... Come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine tree 
produce figs, nor can salt water produce fresh. Chapter 3 opens with, as I said, with more courtroom terminology. Not only is our faith on trial, our whole life is under review by God, and that's not just on Sunday, that's every day that we live. God's looking at your life, and He's looking at my life, and one day I'm going to come into judgment, and you're going to come into judgment. And so our first concern in this third chapter is the judgment of the Christian teacher. He says there in chapter 3, verse 1, Let not many of you become teachers, because as such we will incur a stricter judgment. The word judgment, by the way, in, in, in the Greek language, it means what it says. It means a sentence passed, a matter to be decided judicially, a case in court. That's what it means. Imagine that, a Christian teacher on trial. Why would the Christian teacher be on trial, and what would he be on trial for? Well, he's on trial for his teaching, and what is the standard of judgment for the teacher? Well, there are three, and the first one is the standard of truth. Did he teach God's Word or his own words? I want to share with you a passage of Scripture from the book of Jeremiah. It comes from Jeremiah chapter 23. I'm going to read verses 16 through 18 and then uh, a couple of other verses from that same passage. Now, you may not be very familiar with the book of Jeremiah, but God works through Jeremiah to expose false teachers. This is what God said. He's, and, and I'm going to read this to you because we have today uh, preachers and prophets, they were around in Jeremiah's time, who rise to prominence among the people, and sometimes they rise to prominence because they preach a pretty message. I call it a pretty message because it is filled with promises of all that God will do for people. There's never any mention of sin, of holiness, or judgment. But there's a lot said about God's favor and how God wants to bless people and how God loves everybody and all that's true. But we need to hear what God's Word says. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 16. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you will have peace. And as for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, they say, calamity will not come upon you. But who has stood in the counsel of the Lord that he should see and hear his word? Who has given heed to his word and listened? And then in verse 21, God says, I did not send these prophets, but they ran. I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. If they had stood in my counsel, then they would have announced my words to my people and would have turned them back from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. So the first standard... For the Christian teacher is the standard of truth. He must speak the truth of God, the Word of God, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Now the Bible tells us about Paul preaching on one occasion. Paul talks with a Roman official, a government official, about righteousness and sin and judgment to come. Righteousness and sin and the judgment to come. 
And the Bible says the man trembled. You don't hear much preaching like that these days. You don't see many people tremble. So when God judges the Christian teacher, He's going to judge him first by the standard of truth. Did he preach his own message or did he preach God's Word regardless of what it would cost him personally? Second, how did he deal with the truth? Was he true to the gospel message or did he go beyond it? Did you know the Bible says has something to say about the importance of the gospel message? 2 John chapter 1, verse 9. Anyone who goes too far, 2 John 1, verse 9. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. Now, Doctrine may not matter to you, but it matters to God. There's a plumb line dropped down beside my preaching and teaching every time I offer it. It is the plumb line of God's revealed truth. In that same passage of Scripture that we read earlier from the book of Jeremiah, God warns Jeremiah of preachers who preach their dreams and their visions, but not the Word of God. God's Word is revealed truth it has stood the test of time, so you need to be careful anytime you hear somebody proclaiming some kind of spiritual truth that came from revelation they received rather than from the revealed truth of God's Word. He's going to judge me for how I teach His Word. He's going to judge me for how I deal with the truth. And third, God is concerned about the condition of the teacher's heart. That's a Sunday school teacher. That's a preacher. That's a Christian leader. <clears throat> He's concerned with the character of the teacher. Psalm 50, Psalm 50, verses 16 and 17. But to the wicked, God says, What right have you to tell of my statutes and to take my covenant in your mouth? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. You speak my words, you teach my words, and then you just put them behind you and you ignore them. So obedience is just important for the teacher, for the preacher, as it is for the listener. God is going to judge me for more than just my teaching and my preaching. God is going to judge me for how I live my life. William Barclay, you might be familiar with Barclay in the little daily study Bible series that he did, all the New Testament uh, studies that he did. He says about this little passage in the book of James, he says, there are two mistakes that can be made by the Christian teacher. First, it is fatally easy for a teacher to distort the truth and to teach not God's version but his own. Second, he must exercise great caution that he does not contradict his teaching by his life. He must never get into the position when those he is teaching can no longer hear what he says for looking at who he is. That's something to think about. So I'm going, to be stand, I'm going to stand before God one day and be judged for my teaching and my preaching as will every Christian teacher and leader we're going to be judged. But I won't be standing alone there. There's also, the Bible says, the judgment of the average believer. This is a person who's a hearer, not a teacher, but a follower. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for the deeds done in the body according to what He has done, 
whether good or bad. Now, the deeds of the body in relation to this little book of James are related to the tongue. Now, we touched on this passage of Scripture a little earlier when we began the book of James. But uh, James makes it clear that we're going to be judged by uh, our words, by what we've said. Jesus also said that in Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 37. Jesus said, You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. The evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word or every idle word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, according to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, our words are a barometer of our heart. They tell the story. What comes out of our mouth tells the story of the person who lives inside us. Verse 35, he said, your heart is a treasure chest. You reach inside your treasure chest and you pull something out, it reveals what's inside the treasure chest. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart pulls it out and it's good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart pulls it out and you see, see it for what it is. And he said, for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. And the word he used means condemned. It's a courtroom term that means pronounced guilty. So the teacher is not the only one who will be accountable for his words. Every believer is going to give an account for every idle word. That means the words I mutter under my breath, like, you know, <clears throat> sometimes when you see somebody and they say something to you and you walk off and you say, hmm, 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 they don't hear it, nobody else hears it, but God hears it, and he's keeping a record. Not only so, words have the power to work either tremendous good or tremendous evil. James says, you know, the tongue is just a small part of the body. In verses 5 and 6, yet it boasts great things. He said, you know, a big forest can be set on fire by a little flame. You see that out west as they have all those fires and how they spread. The tongue is a fire of the very world of iniquity. It's set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire itself by hell. From time to time, there will be a rash of church burnings. Most of the time, it's somebody who has some kind of hatred toward the particular church, or sometimes toward Christians as a whole. But in another sense, there are times when people burn their own churches. That happens. You watch it be a church burning, and they'll think some outside person did it, some other racial group did it, and somebody in the church burned it themselves. I've seen a church burn, but not with fire. The church can be burned with the tongue. And what does that mean? Simply this. Your words can start a controversy that can burn a church down spiritually. It can start, your words can start a controversy uh, that will breed a conflict that will last for decades that'll do irreparable hurt and harm to God's work. When I was a little boy, <clears throat> I used to walk on the railroad track. Uh, a family kept me, Assembly of God family kept me during the day. My mother was a teacher, 
And so I stayed with them as a very little boy, and then later, their name was Downs, Harvey and Lois Downs. And Harvey and I would walk, get on the railroad track, and we'd walk to Rasco's Grocery. Uh, and it was fun. I enjoyed walking with Harvey. And we had to walk through uh, the black section of town. And when we walked through the black section of town, there was a church there. It was a, it was a cinder block church. <clears throat> and it, the paint was coming off of it. It didn't look very nice. I was a member of First Baptist Church in Stonewall, Mississippi. Our church looked nice. Our church had pretty windows and pretty colors. And so I said to Harvey one day as a little bitty boy, I said, Harvey, why don't they tear that old church down? And I'll never forget, he never got on to me ever. He was always so kind to me, but that day he spoke to me gruffly and he said, son, you don't ever tear a church down. That's God's church. Never tear a church down. I have never forgotten that. And I remember that when I see people talking about their church derogatorily. I've been in this business a long time. I haven't heard any of you doing that. I'm sure it's happened here in the past. I'm sure it, 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 it happens today. Somebody talks bad about God's work, God's church. We should never be guilty of that. Because James tells us our words have power to do tremendous good and also to do tremendous harm. Listen to this warning God gives his people in Psalm 50, verses 19 through 22. He said, You let your mouth loose in evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I kept silence. You thought, this is God speaking, you thought I was just like you. I will reprove you and state the case in order before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, or, or I will tear you in pieces, and there will be none to deliver. You know, James goes on to say, every species of animal under the sun has been tamed, but we have a problem taming our own tongue. Now the purpose of these passages of Scripture is to remind you that your faith is on trial now, and we need to pray that God will change our heart now before we stand before the Lord in judgment. So we're standing before God, our faith is on trial, and the way we use our tongue reveals our true standing with God. The way you use it to teach, if you use truth, if it's God's message, or if I'm preaching a message out of my own imagination, I'm using my tongue, and God is ju judging me for that, and He's judging me for my heart. He's judging me for every idle word I say. And whatever I pull out of my heart and speak, if I speak it at home, if I speak it under my breath, I'm bringing it out of my heart and revealing the true condition of my heart. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. <clears throat> you know, when you say something, you can't bring it back. And when you text it, it's even worse. And if you post it online, it is even worse. Be careful how you use your words. Psalm 34, verses 11 through 16. Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? You want to have a good life? Keep your tongue from evil 
and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. That sounds like judgment. And then Psalm 15, verses 1 through 3, the last passage of Scripture that we'll mix up with this passage in James. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. You know, God is calling us to repentance today. First, he's calling every Christian teacher to repentance. If you've strayed from God's word in your teaching or preaching, he's calling you to repentance. Not only so, if your heart, if my heart, contradicts what you teach, what I teach, God's calling us to repentance. Or if you've preached a pretty message to gain a following rather than to bring glory to God, God's calling you to repentance. Second, God's calling to repentance any person here this morning who's used words to hurt somebody. You may have used your words to hurt someone in your own home. Maybe you're guilty of that this week. You said something and, and you meant it to sting and it did its work. God has convicted you of it and he's put you on trial for it this very day. God's going to hold us accountable. Maybe you've come here this morning and you're without Christ and you've heard us talk about Christian teaching and talk about God's judgment and you feel very much on the outside because you don't understand it all and yet... At the same time, you feel like God's drawing you to himself. You feel like God is speaking to your own heart. And you'd like to know more. You can come down this morning. I'll speak with you at the invitation. Or I will speak with you after the service is over. You know where you are in this trial, in this courtroom that God has put us in, in this little book of James. Let's pray together. Lord, forgive us. For doing things we know we shouldn't have done. For saying things we know we shouldn't have said. And for perhaps leaving things unsaid that we should have said when you prompted our heart. And we held back. Lord, our hearts are not what they ought to be. We know that as we look in the spiritual mirror into your word. And there are changes that need to be made in us. If, if if revival is going to come to your church, it has to come to my heart, and it has to come to the hearts of these, your people. So we would ask for it simply, Lord, we would ask that <clears throat> if there's lacking conviction in our own hearts, we pray, Lord, that you would send a greater degree of conviction of the Holy Spirit now so that we might have opportunity to repent before that day we stand before you in judgment, for that day will certainly come. I pray, Lord, for any person here today who's never trusted Jesus as their Savior. God, that is the desire of your heart. May that be the desire of our heart to see people come to know Christ. 
Help us, Lord, to respond to you in the way you would have us to in this invitation time. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Amen. <clears throat>